Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Can't stress this enough. I love my Sonos. This is true. I got a few Sonos speakers spread throughout my house. My wife and I, we both love them. I use them every day. Sonos brings your entire system together in one app. You control everything from songs to volume to which rooms they're playing in. You can access all your favorite streaming services, audiobooks, podcasts, all in one place. Their app is really well designed. The speakers are great. For the first time ever, Sonos is offering our listeners 10% off one order of $1,000 or less for any product on Sonos.com. Offers available for a limited time only cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. You just use the promo code STORIES10, capital letters, S-T-O-R-I-E-S, one zero at sonos.com s-o-n-o-s dot com get this exclusive offer these things are great you won't have more fun listening to a podcast than you will on a sonos today's show is sponsored by talkspace the online therapy company i love my therapy and look for as little as 32 dollars a week you can pick an experienced licensed therapist you relate to and you feel comfortable with each and every one of them having at least a master's degree and over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com beautiful. And to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this podcast, use the code beautiful. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com beautiful. Hello to all my people with nothing but good intentions. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. It's Chris Gethard welcoming you to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous show that I feel so lucky to do, and I mean that so genuinely. You guys are the best. Thanks for supporting this thing. It's by far always the most uh, like eye-opening hour of my week. I got a lot of weird hours in my weeks. I wanted to let you guys know, before we even get into it, September 29th, that's a Friday, Denton, Texas, live Beautiful Anonymous taping. Also going to be doing a taping at Fest in Gainesville Halloween weekend. Also, some stand-up in Woodstock, New York on October 14th. Maybe I'll see you guys at some of those shows. I'm not going to plug too hard. I'm just going to thank you guys. Last week's episode, universally beloved, and I am shocked because usually when we get to the poo-poo stories, you guys don't think those are so funny, but everybody was quite charmed by last week's caller. The Facebook group erupted with glee. So many members of that Facebook group have Crohn's disease. I did not understand that. There's a hype. There's a real crossover, real the Venn diagram between beautiful anonymous listeners and Crohn's disease, disease suffers. Is it, There's more crossover than I ever imagined. Also, apparently, I got to go back and listen to it. People are saying maybe our caller is a podcast superstar that's also appeared on My Favorite Murder. Apparently, there were some Outback Steakhouse details that there was crossover. Very cool. Caller, thank you. Everyone was quite delighted with your call, as was I. This week's call, some people are going to love it, some people are not. It's about something that's happening right now. It's been happening. We're here from um, 
someone who immigrated to this country and and called uh, maybe a week ago, 10 days ago, on the same day that everything started happening with uh, our, our current president uh, taking DACA apart, the, uh, the DREAM Act and whatnot. And this caller obviously had a lot of opinions on it. I just wanted to say, first of all, thanks to the caller for calling. I'm going to ask everybody, whether you agree with the politics or not, and especially mine, um, listen to the call, if only because as this caller is talking about the politics side of it, a lot of times when these calls get political, they just focus on that. Her story keeps unwrapping. And I have to tell you, you will be as shocked as I was. Um, the, there's just so many layers to her story that she just sort of casually keeps bringing in. And it just builds to a place where I think no matter if you agree with the politics or not, I think what you will agree with is that this is a very impressive um, and, and a human being who who has been through a lot and, and has a lot to say and, and a very beautiful person, I'll say. Call her. Thank you for calling. I'll also say this. I'm in New York City. I'm a liberal. Sometimes that gets, you know, my political opinions come out. This is one of those. I will say this. I do not bring those things up to divide. I do not bring those things up to lecture. I bring them up in the course of these conversations. And uh, I want to reiterate, you know, while I am often confused, while I'm often stressed by the politics of this country, as we all are, individuals are individuals, and I'm not trying to come down. Sometimes I see in the online reaction, people go, you hate these people, it's, you, you, you hate, you know, religion, you, you're, you're lefty, you hate the righties. I don't hate anybody. And I'm more religious myself than I think some of you guys know. It's just reactions and conversations and, uh, and me sorting out my thoughts and opinions on my feet, just like we all have to every day in the, in these, these times. So please, uh, more than anything, listen to this young lady's story. And, uh, I think you'll be, you'll agree with me. It's, uh, it's shocking, and it's beautiful that she is as strong as she is. Enjoy the call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Whoa. Chris? Yeah, how's it going? <laughs> uh, it's going well. It's, what if we, uh, we both sorry. said, oh no, you go. Sorry for what? No, uh, I was going to say, sorry if my voice sounds a little shaky and nervous. I'm a little nervous. I didn't think I would ever get through. Well, it's all happening. It's all going. To, no need to be nervous. I'm a, I'm a, a terrifically unintimidating person. I was going to say, <laughs> we both said hello at the same time. What if one of these calls someday happened with that where we both said hello and then I, the caller said jinx on you and I wasn't allowed to talk for a full hour and they just talked. <laughs> that would be, but I mean, isn't that kind of like the purpose of the show? Like you want the caller to call, I mean talk, right? Yeah, but so, I, sometimes I talk too much. Everybody knows that. <laughs> cool. So what's up? So how are you? How am I? I'm good. I'm. Uh, we're doing a big taping session mid-vacation. I was upstate, came back in the city for a college gig and to do some shows. Feeling pretty good about it. Happy to be relaxing. My life has been very busy lately because my TV show. I feel very, very lucky that I get to sneak away and just have phone calls with strangers. It's like the most relaxing part of my week. Really? That's very interesting. Yeah. Now, how are you? But that would be the most relaxing part of your week. Um, I'm doing well, I guess. Um, 
actually, I'm feeling weird. Uh, so Trump had just Sessions announced that DACA is being rescinded, was the term that they used um, this morning, actually, maybe half hour ago or so. Oh, wow. I've been 45 in, minutes ago. I've been, anyway. I've been in the booth. I didn't even that know mean? that. Oh, well, breaking news, I guess. Um, I, I don't know how familiar you are with DACA. I would say the, the or what it is the broad strokes. Um, it protects it protects families. It basically protects immigrant families, is my understanding of it, um, and young people who came yeah. here. And more specifically, exactly. More specifically, those young children that were brought to the U.S. Um, you know, by no choice of their own, uh, by the choice of their parents. You know, honestly, trying to provide a and then better opportunities than what they um, had in their home countries. And that's how I came to the to this country as well. Um, you did? I was brought to the U.S. Yeah. Wow. I was born here, but uh, I've been here for 25 years now. Wow. So is it... at the it, age of... Oh, no, go for it. I interrupted. At the age of what? Oh, I said at the age of five. The age of five. So is this is this something that's like a direct impact? Like, is there a chance you could be deported because of all this? Well, the thing is, DACA, I, I'm not a recipient of DACA. Okay. Um, I'm a recipient of a different program, but um, it, just the whole, this, this whole DACA issue and it being now rescinded just stirs up a lot of emotions. I feel like a lot of the same emotions because... Now I feel like, okay, he's rescinded this program, which is probably the youngest program as far as like providing some sort of amnesty to immigrants or some protection rather. Um, but I, I, I um, am a recipient of a different program that does essentially the same thing. Um, I, I'm a recipient of TPS, which is stands for Temporary Protective Status, and that was. Um, initiated during the uh, George Bush administration um, when there was a huge devastating earthquake in El Salvador that essentially devastated the country. So uh, in light of that, George Bush enacted this TBS that extended to persons of El Salvador so that they could legally obtain work and send money back home so that they could reconstruct the country again. And was that the first George Bush or the second George Bush? Second George Bush. Wow. So you came here under hard, hardship circumstances. And DACA, again, I, I will say this because I'm a pretty well-read guy, but this is one thing that I have to say is a little of a blind spot. I've been trying to catch up. This is, all, this is the DREAM Act as well, right? Is that what it's known as or am I totally uh-huh. off on that? So it's DREAMers. No, no, no. I think mean, that's what, yes, that's correct. Um, that's what it, that's, that this is, is all the same thing. The Dream Act, Dreamers, DACA. It all ties in together. Yeah. It's interesting. It mm-hmm. is. I will say one thing that I think is like interesting. And in my mind, I mean, anyone listen to this show, I know there's conservative listeners who immediately are like, here goes Gethard with this liberal politics. Oh. It's a fact. Deal with it. I do find it so interesting and sort of sinister that they're not repealing the Dream Act. They're repealing DACA. Um, mm-hmm. it's it, the branding there is very interesting in almost in the same way where I felt like there were a lot you'd hear about, um, about 
a lot of, you'd read quotes, you'd read quotes from people who were like, I am so against the Affordable Care Act. And then they'd say, well, how do you get your, or, or I'm so against Obamacare, I'm so against Obamacare, down with Obamacare. <laughs> how do you get your insurance? The Affordable Care Act, that's Obamacare. And people are going, wait, that's what? Obamacare, Same, yeah. <laughs> there's some very, cle- I think we have to say no matter what your politics are, very clever branding that this administration manages to yeah, do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's all about branding. You say so yourself, right? It's all about branding. Oh, you got to have that brand, baby. Put the hair up, put the glasses on, get that gathered brands going. Look like Tintin with glasses. That's my brand. Um, but it is, it's so interesting to me. And it's like, what are the intentions here? Because people have heard about the DREAM Act for years. I don't think they've heard of DACA. Yeah. That's intentional. Who's doing that? Why? Right away, mm-hmm. but I would imagine. I mean, you you yeah. have you have more of a right to an opinion on this than I do. So I'd love to hear where your heart at is right now. Um, I mean, like I said, it just stirs up a lot of different emotions. Um, you know, it, I mean, I can't imagine like what these kids are feeling presently right now. Like their entire security is is gone. Essentially, they're. I mean, as soon as you know. Trump signs whatever dotted line he's got to sign for it to go into effect for its full termination. That's it. Then they're they're illegals in this country again, and more and 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 furthermore, actually, now the government has all their information, which they can use to. I mean, go and and you know find them, go to their residences and just pick them up and. And and have them deported, yeah. And then sending them back to a country that they don't know. Like if that happened to me, like I would, I don't know El Salvador. I was raised here. Yeah, I've never been back since since I came to this country. And does it bring up any feelings? Because I don't, I do not know. I'm sure you track it closely. Like when when DACA is going away, do you feel like could it be that the 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 rules that brought you here, like, are they going to be threatened someday? Does that sort of freak you out? Or is this, is that right. not a factor? Yeah, absolutely. It makes me think that the, you know, the TPS program that I am a recipient of will be attacked or, you know, terminated next. Right. Like someone might turn around and go, how long are we going to let all these people, how long after an earthquake do we have to support right. these people? And right. That, and that's exactly. that. So, and you know, it doesn't even arg- matter what, what argument he chooses. Yeah. If they want to make it happen, then I guess they will. Now, talk to me about this. Because here's the thing I know, and I get it, is that when you hear the phrase illegal immigrant, mm-hmm. which is not your story, but for some people it is, and I think for some people who DACA protects, much, mm-hmm. much more so, is that something that I think... Um, people, you know, tread under that umbrella initially. A lot of people hear the phrase illegal immigrant. And they go, illegal. It's right there in the name. Of course, deport them. But it's, it's, mm-hmm. much, it's much more layered than that from everything I've ever read, everything I've ever seen. Is there anything you can sort of explain to maybe people who this is all theoretical to? hypothetical to about yeah. what's actually um, what this sure. experience is actually like you know what i mean yeah yeah okay okay i think i can do that by like actually going back um back to when we did live in el salvador um like i said i was brought 
to the U.S. at the age of five, but the reason for that was was for um, medical treatment. At the age of, well, I was just shy of three years old, I, I, I suffered a spinal cord injury. Oh, sorry. Um, after a grenade detonated and a shrapnel went into my back and damaged my spinal cord. And this was during the Civil War in El Salvador, which lasted from 1980 to 1992. And that 92 is the year that I came to the U.S. But um, yeah, so that was really the reason for which my mom like made the decision to bring me here for medical treatment. And she had to leave her two younger sons um, in order to do that, you know, under the care of her mom, my grandmother. Um, and she, you know, we, we, we came to this country. Luckily, my, my mom's brother, my uncle, was already here and had been here for a number of years. So he was established and you know, he had his home and obviously his family with him working and, and everything. Um, so we came to stay with them. Um, and I mean, since day one of us arriving in this country, like my mom has worked just from day to night um, in order to provide for me here growing up and also sending back money to El Salvador to support my grandmother and my brothers as well. Um, so growing up, I was always with like a babysitter, um, up until the end of elementary school, actually. Um, my mom never made it to any of my school functions. She never, um, went on field trips with me because she was always working. What type and of work continued. did she do? Oh, she was, uh, oh, he'll love this. <laughs> she's, uh, she's always been like a housekeeper nanny. Um, but initially when we came to this country, she was working for, um, a white Mormon family who had, um, well, ended up having 10 kids total. Um, and they always had either one or two nannies at all times that were always, you know, of Hispanic descent, um, you know, trying to, trying to handle a bunch of really crazy kids. Um, but yeah, that's, that's always been her line of work here uh, and working at restaurants sometimes, but mostly that. I want to underline that yep. really hard. If I can mm -hmm. just take a second to get on a, get on a soapbox and just reiterate some things you said, because I live in New York, I live in a neighborhood, Jackson Heights, Queens, known for being one of the most diverse places on planet earth. When you live amongst diversity, you see the human side of it and you realize uh, people are people. We got to stop being aggressive to yeah. other people based on theoretical things. Let's just underline your mom did not come from a Spanish speaking country for nefarious purposes. She did it because she had a daughter who was hit by grenade shrapnel. This wasn't mm -hmm. an easy decision. A family was split up. She didn't come here. All people, people who a lot of us want to protect are not people who are villains twirling mustaches trying to take your job. They're people who are willing to do anything to get their kids out of the line of fire, even come here and work hard for other families, the sacrifice of their own family. Mm -hmm. 
That's mm-hmm. yeah. I don't understand. I understand why people who maybe don't see this stuff in their own community or see communities of immigrants in action judge it, but that's theoretical. And when you meet people face-to-face over and over again, what I have found in my experience in my own neighborhood, a lot of these people work a lot harder than I do at jobs that are a lot of jobs that I think a lot of people in America don't want anyway. And they're hardworking people, mm-hmm. families. You, you come to Jackson Heights on a Sunday afternoon. Here's what you see. Hispanic families coming home from church, going to church. That's what you see is family-driven people yeah. who work hard. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. So I don't get why people are so aggressive instead of being compassionate. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it always it kind of, you know, boggles my mind. And I don't know where this like, perception that, like, you know, Hispanic people coming to this country are, like, lazy and, and, and are coming here to take advantage of the system. Like, that's not at all the case, <laughs> you know? Uh, being uh, coming coming here to this country to be an immigrant, like it's a hard life. It's not easy. You are breaking your back. Like my mom, my uncle has done the same thing. My aunt, like they've come to this country and have worked every single day and have been contributing members they're they're taxpayers like they own homes they own cars like you know they're contributing members to the society and it 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 just it breaks my heart like to hear people say you know well, you should blame the parents you know for bringing their kids here illegally knowing so and it just it breaks my heart to hear that because they've never been in a position where like their families have been in a, a grave danger in it, like life or death situations, you know, that's privilege that allows them to make that statement so easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have to imagine that being the idea of being American and 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 what America offers means more to your mom than a lot of people who want your mom gone. If I'm being honest, <laughs> like I would have to imagine, your mom's feelings on America are more pure and more layered and nuanced than a lot of us who were born here have to think about. Certainly more nuanced than people who do things like, I don't know, let's say put on a bikini of the American flag, who I think there's <laughs> probably a good Venn diagram crossover between people who would right. go there and maybe, but that's again, just another stereotype. I don't want a stereotype on my end, <laughs> making a bit of a joke, but there's frustration that leads to that joke of a lot of the people screaming America probably don't think as hard about it as your mom has had to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... And like I said, like when she made the decision to come to the country, she left two young kids, an additional two like young kids behind who were under the age of five. And we didn't, they're now in this country, you know, we were very fortunate to be able to bring them to this country, but we didn't see them for 15 years. 15 years. We were complete strangers. 
Yeah. Was your mom? My mom communicated, you know, with them. Were you guys able to travel back and forth to see them at all? No. Never? No. In 15 years? Mm -hmm. Never. No. Mm -mm. Just letters and phone calls. I mean, technology wasn't as advanced as it was today, so we didn't have, like, FaceTime like we do now. So... And was was a lot yeah, of that? If you, if you travel back, you might not, you might get tangled up in a bureaucratic situation, and and you might not get back in. Was that part of it? Oh yeah, absolutely. We um, we came to this country on a visa status, and you know we just kind of let that run out. So we became illegal in this country, and then when that devastating earthquake in El Salvador occurred, that's when we were able to apply for. TPS, the temporary protective status. Oh wow! That had gone into effect. Mm-hmm. So you were you were illegal for a stretch of your life. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I was. I missed that before. And what's that? Is that just like a constant stress, or do you manage to put it in the back of your mind after a while? Well, I mean, during that time, I was a kid, so I don't, I don't, I didn't really understand what was even going on at the time. TPS went to effect when I was like 15 or so, 14 maybe. So, you know, at that time I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't looking for work or really anything. I was just a kid in school. So it didn't really affect me. There wasn't anything that I really had to think about it really. That's good for a kid. You know, being, being of an illegal status. Yeah. And then when that TPS came into effect or was extended to Salvadorians and how how I wasn't. I will let you know, I was able to hear that answer. Your reception's not great. And if there's a place you can go where it is great, I'd love it because I'm feeling this conversation on my end. (laughs) I'll tell you that. Let me see if this is better. You know, she's going to go deal with her reception. That's going to take a second. You know what? I think that's a perfect time for some advertisers to tell us about their products, their services, because it has to happen sometime, even during the serious political calls. we got these sponsors. They help me bring the show to you guys for free. Use the promo codes. It really helps Beautiful Anonymous when you do. We'll be back soon with more of one of my favorite phone calls ever. Do I sound... uh incredibly well-rested to you? I'm sure I do. And that's probably because I sleep on a Casper. Casper's a sleep brand that created a premium mattress and sells it for a fraction of what it would cost in a store. Their business works by continuously developing their mattress using feedback of nearly half a million customers, including myself. Proud customer. Love my Casper. My wife does too. No joke. Their San Francisco research and development team recently developed a proprietary foam that relieves pressure and increases airflow. Real customers have said the mattress is like sleeping on a brioche and like being cradled by the tinkling of baby laughter in the moonlight. It's a real things that people say. And I, I haven't slept on one. I don't think that's melodramatic at all. Buying the Casper's easy order online, whether in the US, Canada, and now even the UK, it's delivered to your door in a compact, how did they do that size box? Free shipping, free returns, Consider, look, consider this. We spend one third of our lives on a mattress, okay? It's important to truly sleep on a mattress before committing. That's why Casper gives you 100 nights to try it out. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up. They'll refund you everything. You get 50 bucks towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com beautiful. Use the code beautiful. Terms and conditions do apply, but I love it. Casper.com beautiful.
Studying for standardized tests can be stressful. We all know that. The ACT, the SAT, they have a huge impact on where you go to college, the scholarships you can get, the GRE, GMAT, LSAT, MCAT. Those count a lot towards grad school, right? Now, no matter where you are in your studies, it's very important to get a great score. Fortunately, Magoosh Online Test Prep helps you get to test day feeling confident, prepared, and it's not even going to break the bank, okay? You go to magoosh.com to access hundreds of practice questions, study schedules, and video lessons that let you study anywhere on any device. You can get access to their expert tutor team if you need extra help. Plus, if you're retaking a test, Magoosh offers a score improvement guarantee. If you don't improve, you get your money back because Magoosh wants you to succeed. Here's what some of their students have to say. Magoosh provides Great explanations and examples that really stuck in my head, even though I only crammed for three weeks. Highly recommended. Magoosh was the only study material I used and clearly the only study material I needed. The organization was superb. The practice questions were spot on. Visit magoosh.com, enter promo code BEAUTIFUL for a 20% off discount. That's M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com, promo code BEAUTIFUL. Thank you again to all of the advertisers who help us bring the show to the world for free. Much appreciated. Now, let's get back to the phone call. Is that better? Yes, I think so. Right, Jared? Yeah. Here's another thing I'll say, too. People say uh, rapists and drug dealers get locked oh, yeah. up. It's like, yeah. Who's arguing that? Yeah, they should. Who's arguing? I mean, yeah, no one would argue. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, like I'm not I'm not harboring a, like a rapist in my bedroom. I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you see you see like footage of demonstrations of people who are who are protesting, you know, who who want to go to bat and say maybe this is overzealous and hasty and and dreamers should not be kicked out. None of those people are people are sitting there chanting going like, yeah. Keep the rapists and the drug dealers. Those are buzzwords that are so easy to attach. And of course, of course, you want to lock yeah. up rapists and drug dealers. You want to lock up rapists and drug dealers who aren't from America. And you want to lock up the ones who are from America. Seems like pretty exactly. simple math to me. Seems like pretty <laughs> simple math to me. I would say so, but, you know. What was it like when your brothers finally got here? It was interesting. Um, just because, I mean, we just grew up, I mean, we just didn't know each other, you know, and we were all pretty much adults by the time that we met. I mean, I was, I was 20 and there's only a year in between us. So I was 20, my middle brother was 19 and my youngest brother was 18. Yeah. So... We clashed a little bit, just, I think, because of, like, the cultural differences. Um, but, I mean, that, now we get along just fine. <laughs> now we get along great. So how does it work? When you got your medical visa, um, it just comes down to, like, well, that child needs medical treatment, and clearly a parent has to go, but that's it. The one child and the one parent can go. End of story. Mm-hmm. it's up to you. Do you want substandard medical treatment or do you want your family to be broken in half? That's the choice you have to make. Yeah. I I think, you know, I think maybe that's kind of what my mom was up against. I, I've actually never really 
talk to her about like you know all these decisions all these like things that she went through because I don't have much memory of it like when I was injured I was really young I was like I said I was just shy of three years old I have very like few memories good memories of like being in the hospital and stuff afterward yeah um but I've never, I've never, like, asked my mom about it, mostly because I'm, like, just, like, scared to, like, break down in front of her, like, you know, like, ugh, I get checked about it now. Just, because I can't imagine what, like, she must have been going through, like, being a mother of three young kids and then having an injured daughter who's paralyzed and now you don't know what kind of life they're going to live, you know, and then making the decision to leave your home country with just one of your children, not, not all three, you know, not knowing when you were going to see the other two. Yeah. I, I just, I can't match it. That. You know, and so you said you were paralyzed when this happened. Are you are you still affected now, or did did you come for treatment that oh, corrected that? Yeah, no, I um, I'm uh, paraplegic. You're so paraplegic. I'm, I'm in a wheelchair. Oh wow. Um, and I've I mean I have been since since my injury. Wow. You mm-hmm. have a hell of a story. But, like, the thing is, like, this is just, like, one story. Like, my story isn't unique. You know what I mean? Like, hundreds, thousands of people were affected just by this war. You know? And that's just speaking of El Salvador. Like, this goes on around the entire world. This is happening in in Syria right now, in that part of the world. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, it's, I guess this is a pretty shocking story to to hear, but it's not, it's not fully unique. No, of course, but it's still, it's still to hear it again, to hear it in a way that's not theoretical. You're not reading a story of a page to hear you say it. It's like, it's, it it is, it is really mind blowing. And, and so this grenade, so your family just like, unfortunately there was, there was a, there was a war, there was a battle, things weren't stable mm-hmm. and you guys just got caught in the middle of some battle that was overrunning the area you were in? Yeah. Well, I, from my understanding, what happened is that like, um, my family and I used to live, I guess like you can call it, I mean, in Spanish they're called colonias and the best way that I can like describe that is like, it's like a huge apartment complex. Um, and, uh, I guess the guerrillas, uh, you know, kind of took over the place and we're holding everyone hostage. Um, and it's been that way for a number of days. Um, on the day that battle broke out, my mom was in line to get food because they wouldn't allow anyone to exit or enter, um, and I was out in the patio with one of my mom's girlfriends when everything, you know, 
happened. And I don't know who initiated the fire or the gunfire or whatnot, um, but I, I know that I was near an explosive when it detonated um, and the shrapnel went into my back and damaged my spinal cord. Um, unfortunately, my mom's girlfriend passed away. I think she may have taken like the grunt of the shrapnel explosion. Um, and my mom, my mom said that like, she, she found me like next to her, like kind of under her, she like had to pull me from, from her friend, um, when she was able to come and find me. Wow. Wow. And then, um, yeah. And, uh. And then, uh, yeah, she was, I mean, she just grabbed me, scooped me up, and, and then they kind of ran for shelter. Wow. And, and here's a question I have. Is, and, I, and, and I am ignorant to this, and I'm sorry to say that, and I don't know the specific situation in El Salvador at the time, but I think there's also sometimes people who will say, well, why, why is this America's responsibility and what they don't take the time mm-hmm. to look into historically is that, I don't know in El Salvador, I'm sure you can let me know, in many cases in Central and South America, countries that people are coming from, it is America's responsibility. If you look into it, there were a lot of conflicts and a lot of dictators that it is a historical fact. It's not conspiracy theory. You can look it up in history. America basically bet on a horse in a lot of cases that wound up being violent people. We supported some dictators. We destabilized a whole area of the world. So when sometimes people say, well, why, why does America have to take in people from Central America, South America? It's like, sometimes we definitely have to. It is our responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's yeah. the case in El Salvador, but I know it is in many places. I, honestly, I, I, just, I honestly don't know much of the history. I really haven't taken the time to educate myself on like what the whole conflict stemmed from or you know why it progressed for so long or whatnot um but you know I think like I'm not asking for like a handout you know and I don't think anyone wants to be perceived as needing a handout like I just I just want an opportunity to live my life you know I like I'm a contributing person. I, I'm, I'm a capable person. I'm a, I think I'm a pretty good person. Yeah. I try to be anyway. You um, sound like so a very not... good person who is pretty stressed out. You sound like a pretty stressed out, very good person. <laughs> it's, it's just an interesting time, I feel like. I just, I don't know. I guess I never... I guess a lot of people are saying this, and I think I've heard that maybe on the show before. You know, I never thought that this sort of thing would be occurring in this country right now, like the political climate, like the animosity that is coming from the government, like from the big cheese himself, you know what I mean? The big cheese indeed. The big cheese indeed. It's scary because... He's just emboldening people. Have you seen so it? So even if he doesn't like, 
Even if he doesn't, what? Even if he doesn't, what? I mean, even if he doesn't, like, accomplish anything, like, by law, like, he's encouraging that sentiment. Yeah. And, I mean, it just, it just frightens me because I feel like people will then be targeted and persecuted. Yeah, that's right. And, and just because, because of what they look like. I was going to ask if you've, if you've seen any of that or, um, or you, you or your mom, have you sensed like in the past year or so, have you been treated differently? Have you started I, to sense that animosity? I haven't, but I mean, I live in, in, in Los Angeles. So, you know, we're very, I guess, pretty protected against that. You know, it's very uncommon just because like Hispanic, I mean, every other person, in Los Angeles seems to be of Hispanic descent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I guess we don't stick out as much as in other areas. <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, just being in the city in, in, in LA is really kind of guards you from that. I'm not, right. I'm not saying that it's completely, the city is completely immune of it. Definitely not. But I think it's not as common. Yeah. So I, definitely have been fortunate enough to not experience any of it. Yeah. Yeah. We just looked it up. Harry just Googled it. And in about 45 seconds, he was able to find out the United States organized and funded El Salvador's protracted war with the FMLN, a left-wing guerrilla movement. So then I, we mm-hmm. t- talk to you and then people go, why is this our responsibility? And I will reiterate, here's why it's our responsibility. The U.S. organized and funded El Salvador's protracted war with the FLN, a left-wing guerrilla movement. This is along with a decades war long against leftists in Guatemala. The U.S. also funded counterinsurgency efforts in Honduras, which became a staging ground for the Contras. Death squads flourished. More than 75,000 people died. Civil society collapsed. It's not in the thing Harry cut and pasted, but I believe we also uh, helped install Pina, uh, is it Pinochet in Chile. Can we look that up? We did a lot. That's why it's our responsibility is we did a lot of damage and destabilized a whole part of the world. So when suffering people from that part of the world show up, in my opinion, we should show compassion, not just because you should show compassion to suffering people, but there is actual responsibility. There is actual decades of us fucking with things that caused a lot of harm. Sorry, Sally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much my life. Yeah. So what, 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 you know, we've talked a lot about the issue. We're over halfway done with the episode. This one's flying by. And I thank you for sharing your story because it's uh, really, I mean, it is, it's like, I'm sure it's not something you want to like go through the beat by beat details every day, let alone when all this stuff's happening with the big cheese. But let me ask you this. Yeah. So, you came here and you said, you said, you're like, I feel like I'm a contributing member of society. Like I'm a part of things. What, mm-hmm. what has your life been like here? What types of stuff do you do? Um, well, right now I'm a full-time student. I, um, I was working previously, uh, in sales and customer service for nine years and then took a hard look and I was like, you know what? This isn't really what I want to continue doing. Um, and I took the time to kind of try and figure out what I wanted to do. So I left that job um, 
took a few months off um, and then started school. That's rad. Gorgeous. And that's what I'm doing right now, just school and then um, concentrating on that and then um, trying to find a new position as well. What are you studying in school? Have you decided yet? I'm just starting. Um, so I'm still debating between either anthropology um, or or global studies. Yeah. What are your brothers doing? My brothers are working. They uh, they actually work for um, a hotel. And then they're both working. They work at the same place? Yeah, they do. Yeah. That's cool. You're going for it. You're not going to let anything stop you, huh? Um, I mean, it was just a matter of, of making a choice. Like I said, I, I guess I could have stayed at my position where I was, but I just, just didn't feel fulfilling anymore. I didn't feel productive. Um, and I just didn't want to continue doing that as a career for another 10, 20, whatever many years, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to find something that did make me feel more productive. Yeah. So that's kind of what now. I have to say, too, I'm pretty blown away and amazed that you only, like, after telling your whole story, like, offhandedly once mentioned that you were in a wheelchair. I think that's, like... Oh. Yeah. That's, like, so... That's super inspiring. You've, like, not even... That's, like, that's... You're, like, yep, student wanted a better career. Like, there's a lot... There's a lot. You've dealt with a lot of stuff, huh? Dealt with a lot. <laughs> yeah, the wheel, you know, being in a wheelchair is, is interesting. People, people treat you very differently. Um, and uh, people, I think, perceive you differently as well. Definitely. Um, and I'm very, like, I guess almost... I don't think sensitive uh, is the right word, but um, I guess maybe a little defensive. I get defensive sometimes when people like try and give me extra attention just for being in a wheelchair. Like it really drives me up a wall. And, and I, I, you know, I understand that it's most, it's not really, it's not ever done with like ill intention. It's, the exact opposite, you know, someone's giving me attention because they want to ensure that I'm okay or that I feel comfortable or that, you know, whatever. But I feel like that's something that I'm always battling is like people perceiving me as always needing help. Yeah. If that makes sense. I get it. And I would imagine sometimes people with good intentions, it feels to you like they're just kind of like shining a spotlight on you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even with like comments that people make, you know, like one time, oh gosh, (laughs) one time I was working this event 
for this convention and um this kid literally i mean he was i mean he was maybe in his maybe 19 or 20 i don't know pretty young kid anyway in my opinion but he like comes up to me and he says he says you have my condolences he's like i had a broken foot last summer i was in a wheelchair for three months and it was awful and i was like i was like oh wow I literally like just literally smiled and just turned away because I didn't know what to say. Oh I, my I couldn't. God. I couldn't say anything. Oh. But and you know it's like obviously <laughs> he meant that to be like I, I, I don't get know, it to him. That he's like <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's I, I broke that. I broke my foot and had to be in a wheelchair for three months, and you're like, oh really? I lived through something that you only have to see in movies. <laughs> I lived through a scene in real life that you only see special effects teams have to reproduce. Cool. We're the same. <laughs> we're the same. I get it. I have to pause just to say, how funny would it be if that kid hears this someday and then goes, oh, God, that was me. That would be funny. And hey, you know what? Since we paused and I broke the momentum anyway, might as well hear from our sponsors. They bring you products and services. They also help you bring they bring Beautiful Anonymous for free. That's the reason we get to give it to you guys because of them. So check these things out. Use the promo codes if you like them. We'll be back to finish off the phone call in just a minute. Hey, guys, I want to talk to you about Big Grande's Teacher's Lounge. It's a hilarious improv comedy show, and it is back on Stitcher Premium for season three. This time it's releasing weekly. To celebrate the launch of the weekly show, they're releasing the season one of Teacher's Lounge for free. Just in case you haven't heard this show yet, Big Grande, Drew Tarver, Dan Lippert, John Mackey, Ryan Rosenberg take you inside the minds of the teachers at Hamilton High School's Honors Department. This season, they'll welcome guests such as Jessica McKenna, Paul F. Tompkins, musician L. King, so many others from the greater Hamilton High community. The AV Club says Big Grande's The Teacher's Lounge mines pure gold from education's underbelly. Listen to season one completely free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Earwolf.com, or wherever you listen. And for more Big Grande, head to Stitcher Premium for the weekly release of season three. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash teacher. Use the promo code STORIES to get your first month of premium for free. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Now let's finish off the phone call. I broke my foot and had to be in a wheelchair for three months. And you're like, oh, Really? I lived through something that you only have to see in movies. <laughs> I lived through a scene in real life that you only see special effects teams have to reproduce. Cool. We're the same. <laughs> we're the same. I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, uh, you went a little too hard with your intramural soccer team. Messed up your foot. Oh, really? I was uh, held hostage by gorillas and a grenade hit me. Yeah, we have a lot in common. We have a lot in common. <laughs> oh, God. But that being said, I, every, I, I also know that I have stumbled into saying an ignorant thing now and then in my day, so I sympathize as well with people who uh, just botch it that hard. I get it. Yeah. But it, man, yeah. it must get old. Yeah, it does. But I think, I think I well, I used to feel like I used to be a lot more defensive about it when I was younger. Now, with maturity, I think you know it allows perspective. So, yeah. 
I don't, I don't take as, as much offense to it, I guess, as I did before. Now it's like, oh, I understand why it's, where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah, people's, you got to trust people's intentions, I would imagine. You got to, you must have a lot of situations where you have to take a deep breath and trust that someone's intentions were good. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But the thing is, you know, it's just, I just, I just, I just don't want the attention. Like, just, just, I mean, ignore me if you want. Or, (laughs) you know, like, let me ask for help. Or like, I, I, I'll always, I'll say this. And this has only happened a couple of times, but like someone has come up to me and said, would you mind if I helped you? And that just changes, you know, everything. Because most of the time people come at you like you're in distress, you know? Um, So for anyone listening, I guess, if you ever see someone in a wheelchair and you want to offer your help. Don't be afraid to do so. I guess I shouldn't. What I'm saying might discourage people, which it shouldn't. Yeah. Hundred thousand people are like, oh God, okay. I'll never help I'll never help someone in need. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. No. I'll just let you I'll I'm sorry, I'll let you struggle with the door. I'll let you struggle myself. with the door. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm speaking for myself here, but you know, Maybe we do. Maybe we do need help at that particular moment. <laughs> but you know, just don't. We're not like in distress unless we do look like we're in distress. But you know, like if you want to lend your help, just say, "Would you mind if I offered my help or whatnot?" Yeah, is all I'm saying. Because I, I would have to imagine too. It, even when people are helping, there's something you said for like someone in a panic running up, helping, and then walking away, and never quite making eye contact. That has to be a thing too. You're like, oh, that's weird, <laughs> right? Does yeah. that happen all the time? Or sometimes, yeah. Well, I've been frightened by people coming up to me, uh, like if I had headphones on or something. I was just like getting in and out of my car, and I did that. I do that in like a funky way, so it looks like I need help. So I've been frightened several times <laughs> during that. Um, but I think also sometimes people, I feel get offended when I refuse their help, um, which sucks because I don't mean to be rude, but I just, I don't need the assistance. Yeah. I get that. But anyway. I get it. Yeah. I think you're pretty cool. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I think you're rad. You uh, are able to explain in a clear, concise mm-hmm. way with like a total chill attitude, a lot of stuff that I think most people would be um, ripping their hair out of their head with frustration trying to speak to. And I think it's super cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you just have to take a deep breath and just do your best to rationalize what's happening really. Cause I feel like a crazy person most days these days. Oh, you Cause I like, turn on television, you know, and like, you see,
see what's going on and it's like how is this reality yeah yeah is there a, in la I, I i don't is there an el salvadorian community in la there's a oh, strong salvadorian yeah. i don't know if this is um factual but i've heard previously that there are technically more salvadorians or Salvadorian descendant people in Los Angeles now or in the U.S. than there are in El Salvador. But there's a big concentration of Salvadorian people and in, in specifically in Los Angeles. And are you, are you, is that something that you and your family are active? Like, are you, like, in the face of all the anti-immigration stuff that's been ramping up to now the the dreamers potentially being sent home are you like sensing a lot of stress in that community um you know i personally i can't really speak to it because i don't i mean i live in santa monica nice so yeah um there aren't there are definitely hispanic people in santa monica but there aren't as many like for example, the communities that my family live in, like where my mom lives or where my brothers live, those are much more heavily Hispanic neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'll have to ask them. I'm not sure if if they have picked up any any sentiment, any any stress in the you know in the neighborhood due to all of this. Yeah. Cause I see it in my neighborhood. It, my neighborhood's weird. It, it's everybody's just on top of each other, and it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. it's huge Indian community, all sorts of Hispanic populations, Tibetan, Nepalese, Thai, huge gay community. Yeah. It's like the a bunch of artists. It's like such a weird neighborhood, but it's so beautiful. And then you'll just hear, you'll just like be in the coffee shop, and you'll see like a thing up on a bulletin board. Hey, just a yeah, just a warning to our neighbors. We hear there's an ICE raid on Roosevelt Avenue and 88th Street, and you're like, "What? What is going on? What does wow. that mean? There's a raid in the coffee shop. What does that yeah. mean? It's just a warning to our neighbors. There's a raid. It's insane. Hmm. That's insane. Interesting. That's what people. Yeah. That's what I don't that get. It's what I don't get. It's like a. It's like, I just. I just really, I have to imagine, and maybe I'm stereotyping. Maybe I'm stereotyping, and if I am, I'm sorry, but I just don't believe that a lot of the people who are most vocal about kicking out immigrants actually live in places where there are a lot of immigrants. I just don't believe it. Because mm. I do. Right. I do. And I, I would much rather have, uh, I, I would much rather have people living in my community, working, contributing, raising families, I would much rather have that than have police in, in riot gear doing raids. I'd much rather have that. It's not even a question. <laughs> not even a question. Yeah. I don't, I, I'd much okay. rather have families than <clears throat> I mean, raids. It's, it's yeah, insane. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a sensitive topic, you know, because there's just so 
many different perspectives and just many different people that it affects. And I think those that are, you know, protesting against DACA or any immigrant, really, um, I just, I just wish that they would like just step back and like just view us as humans. Like, what if this was someone that just lived across the street from you? Who would, I mean, what would impede them from, I guess, sympathizing or empathizing? You know what I mean? Like, is it the fact that they're Hispanic? Is it the fact that they're here illegally? Um, is it a combination of both or? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. How long did your mom work for that Mormon family? Did you mention? Um, oh, man. It was a long time. Like five years, if not over. Yeah. Because that's another thing. I say this with the utmost respect for your mom. I say this absolutely mm-hmm. with the utmost respect. It's another thing where it's like, how does someone, someone who's in the rust belt saying immigrants are taking our jobs? Hello. Like, yeah. Can you hear me? Hello? Yes. Oh, yeah, I can hear you now. I was saying, like, I say this with the utmost respect to your mom. Like, when people say, like, oh, immigrants are stealing your jobs, like, again, totally respectful, not looking down my nose at all. Your mom is a hero. They don't, that's not the, they're not looking to, clean a Mormon family's house for five years. That's not the job. Like, it, there's a disconnect there that no. I don't understand. You know what I mean? I hope that doesn't come mm-hmm. off. I hope that doesn't come off as if I'm being disrespectful to your mom. I think she mm-hmm. stepped up for her family, but it's such a weird level of judgment that I've never understood. Hello? Uh-oh. I mean, oh, there you are. She worked hard. Oh, I'm here. Yeah, you, you disappeared for a while. And I thought you hung up on me because I insulted oh. your mom, and I was f- going to be filled with Catholic, yeah. Catholic guilt, literally forever. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it was just purely out of necessity. Um, you know, and that job wasn't easy for her. She would work like twelve-hour days. They lived in a huge house. Like I said, there was ten kids all together so yeah yeah, she just you know she she's always done what she's had to do in order to provide for us like she's no job no job has ever been like beneath her yeah in order to provide for us yeah and someone in that position leaving is not going to give someone else a job back in a an auto plant or a coal mine or a steel mill. It's not, it's not how it works. The anger, right, like, the anger and frustration of one person is not solved by the evacuation of another person. It, it, we're being, we're being tricked into thinking that these things have anything to do with each other. Mm-hmm. And the people who right. are tricking us yeah. are probably the we only ones the that have something keeper. to do with both. Sorry about that. I talked mm-hmm. to you, but I'm getting mad, getting mad. No. I had a friend, I'll say this. I had a friend, this is one of the proudest moments of my life. I had a friend from El Salvador. He's here 
Mm-hmm. I believe he was on a student visa for a while. Comedian. He had some visa troubles. Things were getting tangled up. And uh, came to me, and I had a little momentum in my career at the time. And he said, is there anything you can do to help? And I said, well, I happen to have some uh, – I happen to have a TV show. We happen to employ people. And I very happily wrote a letter that said, if this guy was allowed to stay in this country and uh, and he was allowed to work legally, I would employ him in a heartbeat. I think he's a brilliant genius. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm, he did a lot more work than that. That letter didn't solve the problem. He had a lot of lawyers involved and a lot of other things. But I wrote that letter with pride. Oh, yeah. And then I also gave him that job oh. with pride. And I'm happy. Oh, Hard working. Well, thank you for doing that. Please, anything I can do that's one small drop in the bucket. Happy to, happy to do it. Because here's the thing I think about too. My life easy. I'm getting grenades thrown at me. That's insane to me. But here's the thing I'll say. You know where my grandfather's from? Northern Ireland, a place where the schools are still segregated and where he was dodging violence and he was dodging uh, a a family that that had some issues. And uh, that's why he came Mm -hmm. here. And that was two generations away. And if there's anybody else listening out there who's one generation back, two generations back, and you're buying into all of it, eh, ask yourself why your people left. Ask yourself why your people left. Mm -hmm. I can speak for I can speak as an Irish-American uh, when you, when you, when your people left, it wasn't so they could put on big knit sweaters and and march in a St. Patrick's Day parade. That's not what the vibe was. When my that's not my, my what my grandfather. He wasn't. He didn't. He wasn't like. Oh, I'm I'm psyched to get in on that parade. That's not why he left. Yeah. The county of Armagh. The county of Armagh. Which when I went to Ireland and told Irish comics in Dublin I was visiting Armagh, they warned me against it because it's still dangerous in 2017. Whoa. So ask really? your people why how they left. How dangerous how? It wasn't that dangerous when I visited. It was lovely, but it was uh, there was the IRA. There was the Irish Republican Army. It was big up there. It was a for real oh, thing, Catholics okay. versus Protestants. I met yeah. a guy who told me his grandkids, he dropped them off at school. The Catholics walk in one direction, the Protestants walk in the other. Like that's in 2017. Wow. Again, you got hit with a grenade. I'm not comparing my life story to yours. I've had a very easy but. <laughs> No, I'm, that wasn't like a sarcastic wow. That was no, like a I know true, that. like... Because you're nice. Okay, sorry. You're nice. I know that. But I'm just saying, anybody listening, you, unless you, you, unless you, unless your people got off the Mayflower, and even then, they were fleeing persecution, <laughs> when did we stop helping out people who were being persecuted? Or at the very least, when did we start demonizing them? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I hope we can start to reverse it soon. Me too. Me too. How much time do we have left? Three minutes and 45 seconds. Awesome. What else you got? Well, that was a great chat. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Yeah, I loved it. What else? What do you get? What do you do on the rest of the day? I uh, I gotta go study. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I've got a I've got class tomorrow, so I've got a bit of reading to do. So I'm gonna head down to the library and hang out there for a few hours. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna finish up here. Go home for a little while, awesome. and then drive upstate. 
meet my wife at the little house we rented in upstate New York because I'm a privileged person. <laughs> and I'm going to remember active that. vacation mode. Active vacation mode. And I'm going to think, I'm going to be very <laughs> thankful for the life I get to lead as I think about awesome. the stories you told me today. And I also want to say this, cause, and, and, and I'm not going for the easy one here, but you've brought it up so many times. So much love to your mom, huh? So much love to your mom. Oh, my mom is my everything. She's why I'm able to live the life that I do. She's why I'm as independent as I am. You know, she's, she's the reason why. She made, like, the most incredible sacrifices in order to do everything she could to ensure that I was okay. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Sounds like she uh, tore tore her own life up in an effort to st- to stabilize things for mm-hmm. for the future. Yep, that's. Uh, I love my mom. I love my family. I love my boyfriend. We didn't even I, get into the boyfriend. You, know, you just slipped these things in. Uh, Who's the boyfriend? I want to make sure I approve of this. My guy. boyfriend. Oh. You would. He's amazing. He's the most incredible, kindest, sweetest person on the face of the planet. And I'm, our meeting was just entirely fortuitous. And he just is my best friend. And I just, I love him so much. How long have you guys been together? Uh, two and a half years. Wow. You live together? We do. Yeah. Yeah. You think you're going to marry this guy? Um, we're just, I, I feel like we're just really happy and like we're content. We're just perfectly situated the way that we are now. We don't, we maybe in the future that will come up, but you know, as it stands, like we're just happy right now. Chilling. Where's he from? He's actually, um, American. What's that? He's white. He's American. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you now. You broke up a little bit, but I can hear oh. you. He said Sorry. he's white. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he must be uh, sh- shaking his head every day. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely nice to be able to talk to him about like everything that's going on. Um, you know, he's a good listener and he's a really like sane and logical person. So he always manages to kind of talk me off the ledge, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. And I'm glad he's there to listen. And I'm glad we got to talk today because it was a pleasure for me to be able to listen. So thank you for calling. And our time's up. Thank you. I will not forget this one. So much love to you. Caller, thank you again so much. I I said it halfway through. I think you're just the raddest. I think you're so cool. It was so nice to talk to you. And you just explained a whole bunch of stuff to me that helped me sort out my own thoughts. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Just a, a level of thoughtfulness and humanity that I rarely get to encounter. So thank you for, for bearing your soul, letting me know all that stuff. Super cool of you. Thank you 
to Harry Nelson in the booth, to Jared O'Connell in the booth. Alex, Alex joining us in the booth for the first time. They, I don't, you're not coming on. All this, Alex is an old friend of mine. I can catch up with Alex later. I also want to thank Reverend John Delore. I want to thank Greta Cohen who helped build this show. I want to thank Shell Shag for the music. If you want to know more about me, including live dates, including live Beautiful Anonymous dates, I always put those up at chrisgeth.com. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts. You can rate, you can review, you can subscribe. It really does help us out when you do it, but I'm not going to beg for it. Maybe out of the goodness of your heart, you'll go for it. In the meantime, I'm going to be on my way. See you guys next time. Hey, everybody. Just a reminder, you can get official Beautiful Anonymous merch over at podswag.com. We're talking shirts and posters, all kinds of things you can do to flaunt your fandom, which is always appreciated. And they got copies of my book now. That's really cool. They're all autographed. And the book is, uh, I think, hard to find a little bit these days. So it's super nice that they have decided to stock it at podswag.com. Check it out, podswag.com slash beautiful Get your official Beautiful Anonymous merch. If you already have merch, also, it, it would be really cool. Show it to us. Go on Twitter and Instagram. Use the hashtag PodSwag. They'll see it. Make me look good. Make you look good. It's cool. Everybody can find it. Have fun. Anyway, thanks. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, a guy going through some life changes has to decide how many life changes he wants. Life was kind of awesome for me for a long time. Well, I'm going to... Um... I'm going to go to a couple therapy this afternoon with my wife for the first time, which is, like, terrifying. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's not coincidental timing either, huh? That that's It's like kids in school, day one, that afternoon, couples therapy. That seems that seems like a real firm plan. Yeah. <laughs> that's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. What is up? This is Andrew T, host of the Yozis Racist Podcast. If you need help dealing with your racist family, your racist coworkers, uh, this is the podcast for you. Yes, even white people. This week, check out my episode with Brett Gelman and Janixa Bravo. They made a great movie called Lemon. Yeah. I hate yeah. being in like white spaces where the hip hop is playing super loud. And I'm like, I'm the only person of color here, and I know there's some, yeah. I know there's some browns in the kitchen. Yeah. So it's like if your front of the house is all white, you don't get hip hop. Listen to Yosis Racist on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Peace. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.